listen to a ghost inside of my face And we're never wrong in subjectively subjective Welcome to Objectively Subjective, a podcast where we objectively give you our subjective top five list on many different topics. Some current, some relevant, and others just because. And uh, I'm one of your hosts, Blake Allen, and I'm joined by Paul Jansen. And uh, this week's topic is our top five voice actors. Uh, We both watch a ton of cartoons and it's just something we love yeah man uh i i think you as in previous episodes you you hear us talk about voice acting a lot um and you'll probably hear us talk about voice acting a lot more in future um uh topics it's just a it's a big part of the things that we're into from what video games to cartoons to animated films to just a big part of commercials commercials yeah voiceovers and just a ton of uh applications for the the voice acting world and uh, you know even as a kid uh i idolized a lot of voice actors man i knew who a lot of them were when i was younger and um i always wanted to be one uh never knew what it took to do that uh so i never Never got into that world, unfortunately. And I'm probably honestly, if I'm being honest with myself, not talented enough to do it. I never once thought about doing it because I knew it involved reading out loud. And I had troubles with that, even to, you know, this day. (laughs) (laughs) Even in, uh, you know, say a podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, Just hypothetically. Yeah, my favorite, my thing is like, um, like I, uh, fixing the mic here. Uh, um, Excuse us, he wasn't ready. I wasn't, I'm never ready. Uh. I think it's like uh, the the making voices part. I can do fairly fairly well. I mean, not at, at the level of any of these people that we're going to mention. Uh, it's the acting part of it, which you know a lot of people don't. When they hear voice acting, they think it's just people doing just funny, talking. Yeah, just funny mm-hmm. voices. And what they don't realize is like you know, okay, like um, uh, the documentary. Uh, I know that voice. Is a good. They talk about uh, somebody talks about how. You know, they're like, oh, I can do Christopher Walken. You know, it's like, okay, cool. Anyone can do Christopher Walken. So, but can you do Christopher Walken crying, grunting, singing, rating Shakespeare? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Like, it's like you have to act. It's, you know, uh, what they say, little V, big A. Uh, what our, uh, our guy Rob, Rob <laughs> would tell us, Rob Paulson. It, it is, man. The big part of it is about acting and like, you know, the best voice actors there have ever been create their own you know characters like these own voices and they go into these roles so deep that they become them they're not just reading a script like they're emoting they're acting in these characters and a lot of these guys that we're going to and females that we're going to mention um create a bunch of different original characters unlike stunt voice actors who just read voices as themselves there are some who can do other voices like and they don't do it like super professional like Stephen Colbert like his voice in uh Harvey Birdman he does uh uh the I think he does the boss whatever but you can't tell it's him some guy some actors and stuff like that do a really good job and Steve Carell uh, do, uh, does that too yeah but grew mm-hmm. yeah he does a really good job you can still kind of tell it's him but he does create a character um so anywho um 
Yeah, so that's why we are doing this list. It's a list that we knew we would do, and we're just going to go ahead and knock it out because it's uh, otherwise I'm just going to end up talking about all these voice actors <laughs> over these next you know, however long we do this podcast. And, um, that was me smacking my leg. And I just, <laughs> it's very audible. Uh, and, and you didn't know getting my Make list. Sure your legs. Okay. <laughs> uh, but this I, was an easy list, but at the same time it's hard. Cause I can write down a hundred. This is the hardest list that, well, we haven't done that many yet, but mm-hmm. it's probably gonna be the hardest one for me. Cause I literally listed, uh, 17 people just, that that was what I narrowed my list down to, and I had to narrow it down to something smaller. And I, I will say this: my normal rule for honorable mentions is two people. Mm-hmm. I did three this time. I just had I did. Two. I went with two. Okay. Um. And now, uh, predictions for this list. You think we're gonna have some crossover? Uh, you know, and that's another thing too, because uh, I think I had a good idea on what some of yours would be, mm-hmm. and uh, so I wanted to include as many different ones as we could. Just to give all these people credit, because that's the thing with this list. You know, a lot of lists we're going to do for, going forward will be like the, our, we're going to do, hopefully, eventually do a Patreon where I do our worst of the top five. The, I, I can't do a worst to this list because number one, it discredits hardworking people, and I'm not going to do that. And to, honestly, I don't know any genuine bad voice actors. If we're not talking about stunt actors, they're all really good at what they do. And um, like I said, this list was really, really tough. Um, and for me, because. I just struggled on who I wanted to... I didn't want to leave anybody off my list, but mm-hmm. I was like, well, you know what? I, there are certain guys and females. I was like, well, I think Blake's going to add this guy or this woman. And so I was just like, I'm going to leave him off my list and then cover other people that I don't, don't think necessarily that he'll get. There, There's probably going to be a couple that we cross over with. Well, I think with this list, since there's so many that I could write, because you don't realize it until you look up voice actors and what all they've done, uh, this list is going to be very opinionated. Right. Oh, yeah, very much so. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you did this, but, uh, you know, obviously with your actors, I, I listed a lot of their works. I What I did is I just pretty much just listed my favorite. Your favorite? See, I got my favorite, too. Yeah. So I listed a lot of their works, but more importantly, I listed my favorite one that they all do. I've accepted with this podcast, you're the guy with information. <laughs> all the details. Mm-hmm. Uh my thing is too is like unfortunately you know in future uh, podcasts we will have hopefully some clips and stuff to play. Um, I could have done clips, but we're not fully prepared to do two people doing clips quite yet without unveiling our list. So we're trying to figure out how to do that. Yeah, I'm uh, behind the times. I mean, not necessarily behind the times. I just it's got just... a flip phone, so we're, we're we'll get we'll get there. Uh, yeah. So unfortunately, I don't have any clips today and I, w- I would have really loved to give these guys, let you guys hear their work in action. And most of you guys probably uh, know what they sound like in the first place. And uh, we'll probably at some point just do bad representations of them throughout this podcast, through this episode. You know, what we could have done, um, instead of just playing a clip, we could try to reenact it ourselves. Oh, that's what we'll do. Okay. Okay. And it, so we're going to do very, very oh, bad imitations. I can only of talk very, like Meatwad. That's it. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, I'm trying to look at my list. Um, I don't, I can, I can do one. I, I can, can do I can one. maybe do, I can, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. We'll get we'll there. We'll see. All right. So you, so you, I start, right? Well, eventually we're going to get this down as well. What? That we just talk, like talking normally. Well, you know how we start the list, right? So, so I believe I go first. That sounds but, right. Yeah, because so because you started the show, even though last week's episode uh, I fumbled that that, but you handled it with grace 
and with poise. I'm proud of myself. Yeah. See, people because it's not a visual media, people can't see me you know, going, all right, your turn. Like thinking it's your turn when it's not your turn. It's my turn. But instead, you went, I got you and took the hand off and ran into the end zone. And my armpits just drenched. Just drenched to sweat. That's when it really started. That's really it started. Like you were perfectly fine. <laughs> I got to take the show over. Yeah. I pointed at you. You go, it's not my turn, but I'm going to do it. This mm-hmm. is it. This is my time to this shine. This is my time. All right. So my number five. So as in most, like I said, most of all of my list, my number five is my objective pick. It's the pick that should be on everybody's list. Um, whether it is on yours or not, that's fair or not. But the uh, it's to me unequivocally, it's the great. He's the greatest voice actor of all time, and without debate, uh, it to me my number five is Mel Blanc, okay, uh, or Mel Blank, however you want to mm. pronounce it. Uh, Mel Blank. Uh, for those who don't know, Mel Blank is every Looney Tunes character you have ever heard. <laughs> he created uh, like ninety nine percent of those voices, and uh, this man was so talented and just to let you know his, his versatility and how, uh, how many voices he could do when he passed away, it took 10 people to do all the voices he did. One, one guy. That's insane. Uh, like the, uh, there are a lot of really, uh, prominent voice actors from that time. Uh, but he is the, the preeminent uh, he's the end all be all and like the thing is like he created all these voices and there's some of them you don't even realize they're him so uh let me give you a little bit about mel blanc or mel blank however you want to pronounce it i'm i've always said blanc mel blanc that's what i thought too mel blanc. Well, but I, as a kid i probably said blank I, I, but I, that's one name i remember as a youngin as a youngin so mel blank got it started in radio like a lot of those guys did back in that day because there weren't a whole lot of voice acting gigs outside of being on the radio, but radio was huge. Um, he started out on the Jack Benny program, uh, which is a, a prominent radio show. And he, I think it was a TV show and he, uh, as well, but he got his own radio show. Um, but he really got his break in animation when he started doing the Warner brothers shorts, which this is, I think those even predate the Looney Tunes characters. Um, and then, uh, it wasn't till later when the Warner Brothers started doing Merry Melodies and Looney Tunes where they brought Mel on to do these, create these characters. And he started creating all the Looney Tunes voices. Um, he also has done many other things. Because people, when you people say Mel Blank, they always just assume that's a Looney Tunes guy. They never mm-hmm. did he also did Woody Woodpecker. The, uh, 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 he did that. That's him. Uh, he's Barney on Flintstones. Um, I think he, I think he's a character on the Jetsons. Um, he does Dino, uh, from, uh, Flintstones. He does a ton of Hanna-Barbera. Uh, he's Captain Caveman. He did, uh, uh, Secret Squirrel. Like I said, he just, uh, the guy, if you listened to Looney Tunes or anything Hanna-Barbera, he's all over it. Um, He's was a massive part of my childhood, massive part of my dad and mom's childhood. Like, it's just funny because that was in a time period where you just didn't see faces either. Now he used to make a lot of appearances on uh, the Johnny Carson show and stuff like that. So he was a, you know, he was a superstar, which was you know, which is funny because now voice actors, unless you're really into voice acting, people couldn't point him out in the lineup. You know, we probably could, but like we we're nerds about it. But like Mel Blanc, people knew who Mel Blanc was. Mel Blanc, 
Mel Blank, Mel Blanc, Blank Blanc. Just call him Mel. Mel. So <laughs> people knew who what Mel looked like. Uh, and it's just so many great stories like uh, about like the dude was always uh, welcoming of his fan base. Like people would want him to do voices, which I know is a big thing for voice actors. Like I get you do conventions and stuff like that, but to be walking out and you know you're at a restaurant and people realize that's Mel, and they go, "Hey, do bugs," and he's like, you know, put his fork down, and go, "Hey, what's up, Doc?" You know, like just to have that constantly. Instead of just saying, hey, man, I like your work, appreciate your work, they're like, hey, you know, like, here's a cookie. Do the voice for the me. voice, yeah. Like, it, uh, you're at a convention. That's what you're there for. But, like, these guys get asked to. But a lot. funny thing is the difference between voice actors and a lot of screen actors. I can't speak for all screen actors. But a lot of these voice actors realize that they're only there because their fans support them. So they usually are pretty good about giving back and, you know, do, you know, performing for them as needed or whatever. But. Anyway, my favorite Mel Blanc, Mel Blanc, Mel, Melly, Melly Pooh, Melvin, uh, Melvin, uh, 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 voice is Bugs Bunny. Yeah, uh, that'd be mine. Yeah, it's it's iconic. Everybody knows Bugs. It's one of those few voices. I do love Daffy a lot. I wrestle between that because the he because he wasn't the first person to do Daffy. He actually uh, came on later and did Daffy, but he made the daffy voice that we all know that everybody emulates now the with the and all that stuff mm-hmm. like the spitting and stuff so uh but bugs is is bugs is male blank from what i understand all the things i hear about is like that's his personality that was uh male giving you what he was in real life through his character which was bugs bunny which is a wise cracking rabbit and he has that kind of like uh just the accent, the the that's kind of like how he talked in real life. So, but but but, but less great cartoon voice. Yeah, dude, just so good. Uh, the, the Sylvester, the Thufferin Thuckatash, mm-hmm. did all these. Uh, just and you, like I said, you could did play. Did he do Tweety? Uh, I believe he did Tweety. I think I think the only one he didn't do from that era was Foghorn, Foghorn, Leghorn. Mm-hmm. I think somebody else did that, and then but him, you know, Yosemite Sam, uh, Elmer Fudd. Uh, he rep- uh, he wasn't the original Porky Pig either. Uh, the original guy that did Porky Pig had a real stutter, um, and it got so bad that Warner Brothers had to replace him because he couldn't get lines out. And it's, it's kind of a sad story, but mm. he had to replace him. And um, you, instead of making something new, he kind of just uh, in an ode to the original actor, kind of kept that natural stutter. And so it, it's. It's incredible because he does the stutter too and everything. But I think Bob Berger does that voice now, and he is Porky Pig now too. If you've seen Porky Pig for the last twenty five years, it's been Bob Berger. He's the only voice actor I know that after Mel Blanc, Mel Blanc, Mel, Mel, passed, Melvin. <laughs> Melvin passed away. Melstifer, uh, Mel, uh He uh, is the only one to uh, have maintained that role pretty much the entirety of the time after uh, Mel passed away. So my number five, like I said, I'd be remiss if I did not put him on my list. He's the greatest of all time. So number five, he's not my favorite, but you can't deny talent. He's my number five is Melly Pooh, Melithin, Melifer, Melblank. Melithy. Melithy. I have a question. Yeah. I don't know if you had to make this decision when you were a kid, um, but in the early 90s, because my dad grew up with Looney Tunes. Right. So, of course, I did. Right. Um, Looney Tunes over Disney. Did you have to make that decision? 
when I was a kid? Like the the cartoons. Yeah. Did they make me choose? Not like like you got to watch this or but like my dad didn't even Disney. acknowledge Disney cartoons. Well, I think a part of the thing is with Disney when we were kids mm-hmm. is Disney was a pay channel. So and Looney Tunes was on everything. It was on Fox. It was on Nickelodeon. It was on TNT. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't think it was a matter of whether I had to choose. It's just we didn't have Disney unless yeah. you got the free weekends. It wasn't until you know people people don't realize how you know this open access everybody has to Disney now wasn't available when we were kids. You like either you had a rich family airplane. Uh, no, that sounds like um, construction. That's construction. Construction. We're supposed to help them. Yeah, we got, yeah, guys, we'll be right. But anyway, so yeah, I so it wasn't even a matter of a choice. I just, you know, it was Nickelodeon and Looney Tunes. That was it. Like, I think that's what it was for me, too. And because I don't even think I knew for a while that Disney did have shorts. No, I mean, I, I, I didn't not. think they were funny when I was a kid either. Well, they're not. You know, that's the funny thing. It's they're like not, they're not. Um, they're not. It's not violent. They're not slapstick. It's not yeah. slapstick humor. So, like, you know, the old Mickey and stuff. Like, it. It was Disney. Disney didn't want to be Lo- uh, Warner Brothers. They didn't want to be Looney Tunes. They didn't want. They wanted to be more family friendly, mm-hmm. quote unquote. So, because that's the one thing I will say about those early Lo- Looney Tunes. There are some problematic episodes. There's some episodes they won't air anymore because they had some racist, racist overtones and. It, it it was a product of its time, you know. So, uh, but it grew out of it now. And honestly, you know, it's just funny that Di- you know Disney has those new shorts, the Mickey Mouse shorts. Uh, they're they're Looney Tunes. Yeah, they're Looney Tunes. They're Looney Tunes with Mickey Mouse in them. I need to watch them. I good. They are so good. Yeah, they're um, all they're all on Disney Plus. Too. I can say this too about Disney. I don't. I could be wrong, but I don't think they played an NBA All Star cast. Uh, no, they did not uh, play a basketball game to save the universe. Okay. They did not. All right, so my number five, right? <laughs> yes, you're number five. All right, five. my number five is Jim Cummings. Okay. Uh, not for Winnie the Pooh. Not a big Winnie the Pooh fan. Oh, I was a huge Pooh fan. Winnie as well. Pooh. Yeah, uh, but he got a start as Lion of the Lion. I don't know much about that. Do you? Uh, I don't know much about Lion of the Lion, no. Uh, but his first, his first voice role was... Uh, Big one was Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, you got you replaced. Uh, the, uh, I have to replaced. Um, Hal Smith. Hal Smith, who did this. it for, since like the forties or fifties. Yeah. He did it for a long time, and uh, yeah, you replaced him. And he also replaced the original Tigger, which mm-hmm. is Paul, Paul Winchell. Winchell. Paul Winchell. Oh, yeah, I'm just gonna call him Paul. His his daughter actually voice acts April Winchell. She's mm. uh, the voice of uh, Peg on. Um, uh, goof Troop, uh, and she does a lot of those types of voices. Uh, she's uh, Lucky Pakel's wife on Bonkers. She's done a lot of Disney work, but that's uh, uh, Paul Winchell's daughter who also got into voice acting. Uh, who do you think, uh, to me, since you know me pretty well, what do you think my favorite voice role is? Of Jim Cummings? Jim Cummings. Starkwing Duck? No. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. He's t- no, you got to tank. You got to remember. You got to tank. You got to remember, I'm not a huge Disney guy, like Afternoon or whatever it was called. I did watch them. Oh, is it Robotnik? That's one. Okay. Uh, Come on. So it's non-Disney. It's non-Disney, and you don't like it. And a lot of people don't like it. Uh, It's non-Disney. And I love it. You're going to have to tell me. Oh, Cat Dog. I love it. Is it Cat Dog? It's Cat. It's Cat. Yeah. It's Cat. Uh, And Robotnik, too. 
Okay, yeah, yeah. But um, also, uh, uh, Pete from Goof Troop. Oh, yeah. Because I did love Goof Troop. Oh, yeah. That's a classic character. Honestly, you can make the argument that he's the main character of that show. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he, that's my child. His voice is my childhood. Yeah. You could not, you can't escape Jim Cummings. Mm-mm. So, but not, uh, po- not Pooh, though. I wasn't big in the Pooh. I, can I you just, just say Winnie the Pooh? Can we say the full name? It's one I think we have to say the full name of. But even Winnie. <laughs> Winnie, Winnie, Wiener the Pooh. We, we said even Wayney, even Wayney the Pooh. I I don't know why I didn't watch it. I right. thought it was a kids show. It is a kids show, but it's um you know it's it came out in the late eighties. It started in the late eighties, and I you know my grandmother had they had those giant uh, satellite dishes that just mm-hmm. randomly Me picked and up. Show. Anya were talking about that the other day. Like, where are those at? They, they yeah, my, they, my I think they still have theirs home, uh, up. It doesn't work anymore, obviously, because I think you just picked up what you picked up. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like a pay satellite thing like this. No. Uh, uh, monsters, Hardys, Hardys. Um, we're not sponsored by Hardys, but we would. We uh, wouldn't mind it. We wouldn't mind it. Them Thank and you. um, simply orange. Simply orange. If you're listening, anyways. Uh, uh, but yeah, it, it would pick up. Those and that was in the early early days so when they had the weird creepy live action stuff and they had the Winnie the Pooh's the most of the Winnie the that one was live action and they also had Dumbo Circus and Under mm-hmm. the Umbrella Tree and all these things there were these live action like things and they were really creepy um, uh, and uh, because of that I transitioned into the animation the animated uh, show which I loved the animation the anime show. the anime yeah the Winnie the Pooh anime but I loved like you know. I was into the whole heffalumps thing. I was into all the uh, the Pooh Bear Winnie the Pooh. I just I don't I, I guess I just always thought it was a, a it it is a it's for show. little kids it's for little kids it's and I was um, two years ago years old when I found out that the voice actor for Cat and you know how loud he is was the same guy that did Pooh yeah. Yeah, and he also does T.I. Double Gutter. He mm-hmm. does Tigger. So, that one kind of, you can kind of tell that one. Yeah. Pooh? Winnie the Pooh? Yeah. Wiener the Pooh? Oh, bother. Yeah, it's oh, like, it's just this, this, yeah, there it is. You got that one. That's one you got, too. Put that one in your belt. I'm soft-spoken. I can do those. Oh, see, I'm not, I'm not, um, I can't, I can't come down that low. <clears> but, uh, uh, Tiny Toon Adventures. Uh, he did a lot of work on Tiny Toon Adventures. Yeah, he does a lot of fill-in roles, man. Uh, like I said, Goo Troops. Um, Two Stupid Dogs. Two stupid dogs. Man, no, that show of, just ended way. It it was it was in the transition stage where uh, uh, Cartoon Network was uh, using old Hanna Barbera type cartoons, funded cartoons, and they were transitioning to their own material. So they it kind of kind of got caught right before that Cartoon Cartoon Friday stuff came out, and mm-hmm. it was kind of like that and like Cow and Chicken. Those shows kind of got lost in the um, in the mix. Me and my dad watched Two Stupid Dogs every morning before school. So it reminds me, like when I think about Two Stupid Dogs, I start getting this taste in my mouth of like Eggo waffles. Yeah. I like I put them two together and I can't help it. Yeah, the connotation is there. Yeah, I got so you. like buttery Eggo waffles too. So like really good. Buttery. Buttery. Buttery Eggo waffles. <laughs> um, oh, and uh, Lord Boxman of OKKO. Yeah, so, yeah, Robotnik. Yeah, Robotnik, yeah, basically. Yeah. Uh, he does a little box with you. And, uh, they even do the Sonic crossover episode mm-hmm. where they, they kind of makes fun. It's like a very meta. They make fun of it. It's the same voice. If uh, you're listening and you haven't watched OKKO, OK uh, do it. Oh, God. It's, so it's good. really good. It's all currently. Well, no. Yeah, it's all. They just added the final season. It's all um, on Hulu. It's all on Hulu? Yeah, they just added the final season. And uh-huh. it'll soon be on HBO Max. I'll let Atlas know. Who's watching Sonic X? Uh, yes, yeah, so they are too. It's that's what's in the van right now. Oh. It's bad. I have it's loud. It's 
bad. I don't know. It's it's an anime, and it just it's it's all over the place, man. Well, Atlas, if you're listening, don't. Yeah, don't listen to don't us. Don't listen to Paul. Um, <laughs> Formulate your own opinion. And he was on Bonkers. Yes, he's he's the two main characters. Mm-hmm. He's Lucky Pakil, and he's Bonkers. So yeah, basically my childhood. So that was your number. Uh, Jim Cummings, my number five. Okay. So my number four. So my number four is my one uh, voice actor who is an anime voice actor. I I've, I watch a lot of anime, and um, this guy was also a big part of my childhood and my middle school and high school years, and I know he was part of yours, too, even though you're not a big anime guy. My number four is Steve Bloom. Um, Steve Bloom, uh, where you probably know him, is uh, Tom from Toonami. Uh, He hosted Toonami. Uh, But uh, that's, you know, so I'll give you a little background on Steve Bloom real quick, too. Um, So Steve Bloom got his start in anime. Um, uh, He uh, he did a lot of stuff like Giver early on, Giant Robo, a lot of, like, random. He just pumped out anime since his pre-Funimation. This is back when they did it really, really cheap. And um, he had never had any intention on being a voice actor. Like he just kind of got into it and was super nervous about it. And he was fortunate though, early on his, in his career, he got one big breakthrough role. And that was a Spike Spiegel in Cowboy Bebop, which is probably his most famous role. Um, and it is my favorite role that he does. And I'm not even, I can, he has a real low voice. Like I can't even do how low his voice is, but it's so low and so cool. Um, so he has done a ton of, uh, big time animes. He's a Rochimaru on the dub for Naruto. Um, but he's also like, since then he has done, um, a ton of American animation. Cause now I think he's, uh, best thing about uh, anime voice actors is they're non-union. This is why they're cheaper and why Funimation uses the same 10 guys and females over and over and over and over again. But I think he's now unionized. He does a lot of American cartoons now. He did. He was on Transformers Prime. He was Starscream. He was uh, Wolverine and Wolverine and X-Men. And he does a lot of video game work. He's done... At one point, he had the Guinness World Book record of uh, doing the most voiceover work on video games. Now, I don't know that that's true anymore because um, I don't know that he does a whole lot of those anymore. He doesn't need to. He's kind of an established guy in the industry now. And there are a lot of people that just that's solely what they do is video game voices. And he does a ton of other things that aren't video game voices. So I, I doubt that he has that record anymore. Um, his portrayal of Starscream is very, uh, was pretty good, but I do remember distinctly his Wolverine and the X-Men voice. Like I can hear him doing his like low gravelly voice like this. Whereas like with Spike Spiegel, when he did Spike for Cowboy Bebop, um, I was listening to an interview with him on, uh, talking tunes when he was on there, uh, with Rob Paulson. He, uh, Talk about how you can when you watch the series, which I've watched it several times. It's one of my favorite animes of all time. He uh, he said he was so nervous when he was doing those dubs early on that he didn't know what he was doing. Because unlike with regular anime, you can't really create your own voice. You because you have to find a way to match it with the sync and stuff like that. Because when they make anime, they make it for Japanese voice actors. They don't make it for American anim- uh, voice actors. So he says you can see about him gradually throughout the season find his voice and by the end of it it's much louder it's much stronger more powerful um and uh i know a lot of people are you know will argue subs over dubs whatever um i don't 
Yeah, I, I'll watch whatever. It doesn't matter to me. Um, uh, if the dub is good, I'll watch the dub. It's just easier. If I'm being honest, it's just easier. Uh, um, and, the, you know, arguably, Cow- the Cowboy Bebop dub is one of the greatest anime dubs of all time. It arguably might be the best anime dub of all time. Dragon Ball Z is another one that's really good. But, like, I think Cowboy Bebop's just iconic because Spike Spiegel. He's so good uh, as Spike Spiegel. So, um, uh yeah, I don't have a whole lot more to add about Steve Bloom. He's still working today. He does a lot of voice coaching and stuff. You get if you're interested in voice acting, he does offer online courses and stuff like that. I've looked into them myself. Just they're fairly affordable, honestly. And uh, he gives out like free tips and videos all the time and stuff too. If you're into learning how to be a voice actor and what it takes to do that, so my number four is Steve Bloom. Uh, the anime voice actor mostly and a lot of video games and my favorite of his is spike spiegel so my number four steve bloom all right um my number four um is uh cree summers cree summers cree summers is a great voice actress a very very good uh voice actor uh actress excuse me uh her career started in 83 as penny from inspector gadget yep i didn't know that and then i had to you know, play it in my head. Uh, were you a Inspector Gadget fan? I was. I was a big Inspector Gadget fan. Uh, I, I grew out of it. and mm-hmm. they, they, They've done a newer series and stuff. I think she did the voice for that, too. Oh, okay. Uh, I wasn't huge right. on it. So, I mean, I can't say much like, about it. It was out when I was young, young. Mm-hmm. And it was it was a syndicated show. So, it was on a lot of different channels. I, I think when... Because that was one of those shows. I'm like, this looks old. I like Looney Tunes where... Looney Tunes doesn't look old now i mean it, no. it is it's but, a very expensive animation yeah. they're not look old yeah um but uh and she's uh freddie from a different world which I, was a cosby show spinoff oh yeah yeah yeah, so yeah, yeah. i didn't you know I didn't that's watch. live action though that's live action yeah yeah but that's who she is if you want to see what she looks like it, just to backtrack we can't say voice actor i think that's the universal pc term is it i think so okay just making sure I don't. Yeah, I, I I I try not to offend. I try to get it right as yeah, best as I can. I you know. Um, sh- uh, her biggest roles for me. Okay. Elmira. Elmira. Tiny Toons. I love the Elmira voice. And um, Susie from Rugrats. Now I know you're not a huge Rugrats. Yeah, I'm not big on Rugrats. I was, I was a Nickelodeon kid. Yeah, more I was so too. I than Cartoon just, Network. Sorry. Yeah, I, I think I was too. It's just this one I didn't gravitate towards. I loved. Uh, uh, Rugrats, I saw the first one in theater with my dad. Well, he was there, but he slept the whole movie. And he still talks about it to this day. Um, and I think I saw Rugrats goes to Paris in theaters, too. And I might have been too old. Probably. I mean, you know. Because by the time they... Because that's when they did All Growed Up at the same time. was right around that And I up. watched All... Yeah, I was too old for too. All Growed Up. I watched all of that. Uh, I all was, Growed Up. I was huge in the Rugrats. All Growed Up was not good, right? It wasn't. Okay. No, I, need, I, I needed my babies. It. I didn't need. I didn't need them as teenagers. That was weird. Yeah. Um, I do you remember the watches they had at Burger King? Yes, I had all I, of them. See, I had one of them just because you know, even if I didn't want, I knew what the show was, and if everybody else was collecting them when you were a kid, you got to collect them too. Mm-hmm. So it's a cool thing to do. I had one of. Them. I think I had Reptar. Yeah, I, I had all of them. Um, except, uh, but um, number five from Codename, Codename Kids Next Door. Did you watch any of that? Never watched it. I watched it because it was a cartoon. I wasn't a huge fan. And the only reason I started watching it is because, and I know we talked about the show the other day, and I don't feel like you like it, but um, Pepper Ann. 
I, I didn't hate it. it yeah. I just, uh, it, it didn't resonate with me. Yeah, it shouldn't have with me. Like, because I grew up with a bunch of boy cousins. Right. And they didn't watch it. Yeah, it was a good show. I just, yeah. uh, uh, it was it was so close to Doug, mm-hmm. and then I, I was like, I'd just rather watch Doug. I was just watched because it came out first. But it's a good show, man. It had a catchy theme song. Mm-hmm. So, it did one yeah. of the best. <laughs> um, and another voice role she did that I liked, and I didn't know people hated it until not too long ago. Was uh, she was uh, Foxy Love from Drawn Together? Oh yeah, is that show bad? It's bad, and it's ve- I get it. It is one. It's problematic. Like, there's no way I don't think it'd ever get put back on. It's TV offensive. Again. Yeah, very much so. I, I didn't watch it. I was, I was a teenager. I think it was offensive then. I didn't. I just. Never, I'm sorry. No, it's fine. Like she, I, she still did good work. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like she still was a. She did a good job on the show. Um, but she didn't write it. You know what I mean? It, it was, it was of the times. Well, it's just of the times. Cru- I had a huge crush. I don't even know if I didn't know what Cree Summers looked like. But was that voice? That voice, and then her role as Foxy Love. I was in <laughs> Foxy Love. Uh, but I, yeah, I just recently found out that people hate that show. I'm like, yeah. uh-uh. she was the alcoholic. I won't right? talk about it. Uh, no, no. Uh, SpongeBob, Tom Kenny's character. Yeah, was Tom Kenny if the it was SpongeBob, SpongeBob version? Oh, I don't. Are the SpongeBob? Oh no, 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 no. I know what you're talking about. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah. No. So yeah. So. What'd you say your what is your favorite role of hers? My favorite role is probably uh Susie or um what was the first one I said? Uh Elmira. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because you know, Tiny Tunes. I love Tiny Tunes. Oh yeah, man. That was iconic. That like Tiny Tunes kind of set that bar for modern animation. They said, because uh, when Spielberg started doing that whole Warner Brothers run, they put a lot of money into the animation and then uh they they basically they're like, look, we're gonna put out this really strong visual product and see if kids notice. And if it is, we can prove it's worth it. And uh, they did, and kids flocked to it. I know I did, Munster. It was um, a Tiny Tunes was early nineties, right? Maybe mid. Uh, uh, start production in the late eighties. I want to say nineteen ninety. It came out. Okay, because I, I don't know how old I was when I was really into Tiny Tunes, but I know I was dumb enough to not know cartoons were drawn. I thought it was a real life place. <laughs> oh, Acme University. Yes, I thought, and I thought cartoons. It's weird thinking about like when my son watches cartoons, or you know, now he knows. But like a couple of years ago, like when you're watching cartoons at the age of five, like somebody drew this. Oh yeah, we when we we went to because um, I didn't think that. See, I did. As a, as a kid, you you don't you're mm-hmm. in that world. Like Milo's the same way. Like when we went to Universal Studios, he was big in Transformers. He believed Transformers were real, mm-hmm. and then he saw them in real life, quote unquote, at Universal Studios, and he was convinced. He might still be convinced at seven. So, but yeah, like I, it's. I think that's what's beautiful about cartoons, and, and especially being a kid watching them is you literally you're in that world, and if they create a cartoon that is really well done. You believe it. Like, you believe it's real and it's fun and this world is a fantasy world that you can escape to. And, and you, I did. Yeah, man. That, and Tiny Toons was one of the first ones for me as well. That was, I still love that cartoon. I don't think it resonates as much as Animaniacs did. Mm. It's, you know, what came after it. Uh, what, but without Tiny Toons, Animaniacs doesn't happen. So, but without uh, Cree Summers, uh, you know, Elmira. Yeah, the great spinoff they did with Pinky and the Brain and mm-hmm. Elmira. 
Oof. Oof. Uh, so, uh, Cree you have Summer. anything to say, uh, to say about Cree Summers? No, Cree uh, uh, Summer is a very, very super talented actress. She uh, is a very unique individual in real life, too. If you ever get to watch some interviews with her and stuff like that, she's a very, very enlightened person. She's very smart, um, and she's just... Uh, just a cool person, man. And her, she creates these really original voices and, um, she is African-American. So it is cool to, that she gets cast to do these African-American characters like Susie instead and of, Foxy type, Love. yeah. Instead of typecasting a, all white actress to do mm-hmm. those voices, which can be pop Well, that's the thing about her voice roles too, is for the most part, you can tell it's her. Yeah. 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 But she, I think that's what makes like, uh, Here's one of my favorite voices. Exactly. So, she gravitate toward it. Yeah, so that's oh. why I love her. So anyways, yeah, my number four is Cree Summers. All right. So my, uh, okay, so I want to go and say this when I get, before I do my number three. My top th- three were 100% making my list no matter what. Okay. So uh, they, these are, I think, uh, like I said, my number four was one I kind of flexed out and I had to put Mel Blanc. I, I but, feel like we're going we're gonna to have one that crosses over. If, if, if we don't. The one I'm thinking of, I'm gonna be shocked. We're so far so good. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, so my number three is uh, uh, he's not relatively he's relatively new. When I say that, I mean over the last ten to fifteen years. Well, no, be last twenty years. God, man, time flies. My number three is John DiMaggio. Okay. Okay. Uh, John, John DiMaggio is the funny thing about John DiMaggio is he's not he wasn't a voice actor and like in the most of the voices he does it's just John DiMaggio. It's just guys that he knows like just bar guys. He's just a a like a a good old boy who just does like he's an everyday Joe who does his own voices. All right. So I'll give you a little bit of known uh, a little about about John DiMaggio. So John DiMaggio was a relatively unknown. Uh, uh, when he got his first role, like he, most people had to work their way up and eventually get a role that is defining for them. He kind of got just, I think he had one or two roles and then Futurama happened and he got Bender and it changed everything for John DiMaggio. So that's, that's his first big role. That was his first role almost period. Like he had a couple like handful of things before that, but it wasn't anything that of note, like it's just, it was Bender and then everything took off from there um and he create i mean he created that bender voice that bender voice is so good uh it's uh not my favorite we'll get to my favorite eventually but uh it is it's up there it was probably my close number two bender as future uh from futurama where he plays a uh uh cigar smoking alcoholic bending robot (laughs) it just tells everybody to bite my shiny metal ass uh he uh, also did another iconic voice from one of my favorite shows as a kid. Uh, he did uh, Scotsman, the Scotsman from uh, Samurai Jack, which is um, and he reprised the role when they brought it back. Um, he's also uh, Marcus Phoenix, or uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin well. Phoenix. <laughs> he's so Mar- he he talks for Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the Joker, yeah, no, he's Marcus Phoenix from Gears of War. Um, and uh, if you're wondering why we just said that, I always get both of them confused, confused. when I talk about them. So. Yes, the Academy Award-winning actor from Joker <laughs> and a random muscle-bound, gun-toting character from an alien game called Gears of War. Uh, he's King Zog on Disenchantment, which is the new Matt Groening, uh show, which is really funny. And honestly, uh, if you like Futurama... It, I- 
it, I need to go back. Yeah, it's more like, especially season two, it's more like Futurama and less like Simpsons. Um, because really, after the first few seasons, uh, it doesn't really, it's not really Matt Groening's baby anymore, Simpsons. Uh, but Futurama was, and Disenchantment is probably the most his baby. Like, I think he's been involved the entire two seasons, or it's part one, part two, whatever. Um, the uh, documentary I was talking about earlier, uh, I Know That Voice, was actually directed and put together by John DiMaggio. So John DiMaggio wanted to bring light to the industry and how hard these people work and what really goes on, how uh, difficult it is to do this job. Um, so uh, I wrote something down here in my notes, and I literally can't read it. So I'm going to skip it. But uh, <laughs> I didn't do my, I haven't told you my favorite voice, John DiMaggio, though, which came late. I was late to the party, and I'll be the first to admit it. And you got me back on it. My favorite voice is Jake the dog. Uh, it I love Adventure Time. That's that's my favorite voice from him. <laughs> yeah, it it's just to me that it's the most. So if you've ever seen any panels where he does uh, his voices with other uh, care, uh, actors from these shows, he uh, it's the voice he I think he most loves because it's most like him in real life. Mm. It's just a big dumb lovable loser and like he's just uh a fun character he's a big lovable oaf and that's what jake the dog is and um i watched the uh the panel at san diego comic-con uh for when they got all the voice actors together for adventure time and it was the uh right before the last season and um they sing that song on the last episode which is a tearjerker one with bemo sings and uh you could see him like just choking up you can just see he's just a He's just a big baby, and it, it, it's it was really endearing. And like, I, um, every uh, interview I see with the guy, Munster, um, <laughs> I, can't I, say that today. Uh, I can. I know you can. I no. can't. Uh, I just I love him, man. Uh, I, I th- uh, his voice just makes me smile every time he does a voice. I know it's him immediately. It's funny too. Yeah, he can he, say anything. Yeah, like he could literally sing a song. Make it pancakes, make mm. it make it pancake, and it's just it's so stupid. But it's ju- anybody else singing that song, it's not as catchy and not as funny. And I'm like, and a lot of things he says, especially as Bender, like he literally says this this most insane stuff, and it's just so funny because just his inflection and how he delivers these roles. I love John DiMaggio, and I'm looking forward to all the stuff he's going to do in the future. He's literally he's one of the probably the big uh, big five now. Oh, well, we got. We got more Adventure Time coming, so yeah, we're getting the four, um, uh, the four is it like hour long specials like on that, HBO yeah. Max, and if you want to watch any of these shows, Adventure Time, uh, Futurama, both of those are on Hulu, um, and I imagine Adventure Time is going to move to HBO Max in May, and then uh, uh, Disenchantment is a Netflix original, so it's all on there, watchable right now. Um, you can hear his, and you if you hear his voice. As you know him as Bender, and you get it in your head, you'll hear him every time he does something now. Like, because you can't mistake John mm-hmm. DiMaggio. Nobody can do John DiMaggio. But um, he's a very, very funny guy in real life, too. Um, so uh, check him out, man. Look out some interviews for him and uh, watch the documentary. I know that voice if you can find it. it. used to be on Netflix. It's not anymore. You can probably find it on YouTube. Yeah. But it's really good. A uh, story about Adventure Time. I know you said you got to it late. Um, I did watch it premiere. Uh, day, but I was not on board. Took you a while. Uh, I did. I just didn't want to like it. I don't know why, because I love Chowder and Flapjack. 
at the time. It was like a hip show. I think it was like, I, I, like I, yeah. And I was just like, man, this is trying too hard. But then once my son got old, a little older, well, actually, he was probably two when he was watching it, so he wasn't old. But uh, I started watching it more. And I'm like, okay. It, well, I'm, it, I'm getting it. And it does take a couple of seasons to mm-hmm. get go. There's nine seasons. It takes about, about by the third season for the story to really stop being an episode to episode type thing and start really getting into some character development. And once it does, it's just so good. It is weird. It is really weird. And it's probably not for everyone, but it is, it's unique. You will never watch anything like it. Uh, he's uh Snitzel, is he not? Snitzel. From Chowder. Oh, I didn't watch Chowder. I remember we talked about this the other day. Uh, I forgot. I'm pretty sure that's, uh, your boy. Your boy, John DiMaggio. Mm-hmm. So my number three, John DiMaggio, favorite voice is Jake the Dog. Mine too. I'll add on to that. Okay. All right, my number three. I'm not going to talk a lot about him because I feel like I could maybe in a later podcast, maybe devoted to me. Um, is Dan Casanetta. Uh, Castellaneta. Castellaneta. I, I knew there was going to be at least one Simpsons character on your it's, list. It's Homer, which he does a million more roles in Simpsons, but he's Homer. Oh, yeah. he's. I mean, his IMDb is way too long. Mm. Um, I don't know if I've mentioned it before in our past uh, podcast. Simpsons is, even though over half of their, uh, you know... Um, Shows aren't good anymore. Uh, it is still my favorite animated show and possibly one of my favorite shows ever. So yeah, you mean you're currently wearing a Simpsons yes. itchy and scratchy and poochie mm-hmm. t-shirt. Um, Poochie's in space though. So but Homer is probably my favorite character off the Simpsons. Yeah, I think he's most people's favorite character. I, yeah, I'm not going to give his history or anything because we can. I could talk about Simpsons for yeah, an hour, and, and a half. we will do a Simpsons podcast mm-hmm. eventually. Um, yeah. I, I, I'll offer a little bit up on Dan Castle and I guess uh, uh, Homer is my favorite voice he does too. I I, I just think it's undeniable. But he, you know, another important important note for him is he was the replacement for Robin Williams as the genie. So for people who don't know, uh, Robin Williams, who played the genie in the first Aladdin film, uh, had a falling out with Disney, mm-hmm. and Disney as they do, was not done with the property. They wanted to do more. They got in an argument about using his voice and his likeness too much. And uh, so because they got in such a big kerfuffle, they they brought in somebody that could do a lot of different voices. And they brought in Dan Castellaneta, who could do impersonations and stuff like that, which is a key uh, aspect to the genie character. So they brought him in for the second movie, Return of Jafar, and then they he also did the animated television show, um, which was really good. Um, and then also, one uh, the third movie was King of Thieves. He uh, they, Rob Williams and Disney ironed out their relationship, and Dan Castellaneta had filmed the entire movie. He did the entire film, and since Rob Williams came back, they said thanks, Dan. And then they ushered him out mm. and let Robin re-record what he did. And so that's why in the third film, it's like not as much Robin. As when was, was the third movie? Third movie. I mean, I watched it on VHS, so it had to be... Let's see, the first one is 91. Second one's like 93, 94, 95, something like that. So the third one had to be like 96, 97. I'm trying to think. Straight of, to VHS. I'm trying to think when they did the whole thing where all the voice actors on Simpsons were making way more money, so... Uh, probably didn't. Probably didn't matter. That was in the twenties. It was it like was in season. The 20s. Yeah, it was like yeah. Uh, the twenty seasons because I remember it was. They almost canceled. Remember, it was I, was, I want to say it's 
season 24, 25, right around there. So it was only like six, seven years ago when they started demanding like a million dollars an episode or whatever it oh, is. Oh, yeah, but it was still a bigger jump earlier than that. Like oh, yeah, a yeah. pretty significant jump. Yeah, but they, um, I remember they almost left that last time. I can also, it's not my show notes, but this is just showing you how big of a Friends nerd I am. Uh, <laughs> he was in one episode of Friends as the zoo janitor. He was also in an, uh, a couple of episodes of Parks and Rec as one of those uh, radio hosts. Mm. Uh, and it, he's done a lot of bit work in live, like, like in live action movies mm-hmm. and TV. And but like I said, his IMDb, I don't have it in front of me, but I know it's he, huge. It's huge. It's huge. But you know, he's what keeps him most busy is Simpsons. He's been doing it for thirty one years now. So um, he's he does what other voices on there? He does. Uh, does he do Grandpa? Does yeah, I can't do Grandpa. I can't, remember, I, can't, I can't remember what all voices he does, but he does a ton. Of, he does a ton. Yeah, his, li- his list for Simpsons might be the longest. If yeah, not, Hank, he does Groundskeeper Willie. Yeah, if for, uh, yeah, if not, if not his, then it's Hank. So, um, so yeah, and, and Hank, Hank does probably mm-hmm. most of the iconic ones, even though he doesn't do any of the, the, the core family. Mm-hmm. He's the only main actor on there that doesn't do I any know, of the core family. He won't be doing one anymore, but uh, yeah, for another day. Yeah. But so that w- that was your number. Uh, number three, three is Dan Castellaned Led Ned Ned Castellaned Flanders. Yeah, Homer. Right. I just call him Homer. All right. So number my number two now, right? Number two. So my number two is a voice actor or actress. I'm, I'm trying to. Uh, yes. Anyway, voice act. A voice act. She is. Uh, she, I wrestled with her as my number one, um, but in the end, number one has some of these voices that I find personally for me, can, I connect with more. So, but she is really important. So, number two is Tress McNeil. Okay. So, uh, Tress McNeil is the greatest female voice actor of all time, and to me, it's not debatable. Her range is absolutely incredible. And so, we'll give you a little bit about her. So, she was uh, a Big, uh, big improv actor and comedian. Like she did, um, she worked with the Groundlings, um, and so she. That's where she kind of got her uh, launch into acting. So she, originally, she had no plan to do voice acting, just like a lot of these people do. Like they start out, come out trying to be actors, and they become voice actors. It's more modern now for people just to tackle voice acting on straight on because it's so much easier to do you can do it at home and stuff like that and you already have a lot of these creators of cartoons who just voice their own characters which is more common now too um but tress mcneil got her first uh role real role in the scooby-doo and scrappy-doo show pretty sure she was scrappy-doo uh did you like that show um I've never been a big Scooby guy, man. Like I, 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 I wasn't big in the Scooby Doo, but I liked. I did like that show. I like the pup named Scooby Doo, which I guess most people revol- regard as the. I'm thinking the, of that. I am thinking of that. Yeah, because Scrappy Doo is the little. Oh, I'm Scrappy Doo. Yeah, I'm thinking of a pup named Scoob. <laughs> yeah, and so, Tom and Jerry kids. Oh yeah, and Flintstone kids. That whole era of them, of of sorry, but of uh, uh, Hanna Barbera just taking their properties and making, making them kids. kids. Yeah. So. Um, so what she is, what makes her so good is that she is an incredible impersonator, um, which you hear a lot in two of her most prominent roles, Babs Bunny from Tiny Toons. You see her do uh, a lot of impersonations, and 
in her other role, which is my favorite role of hers, as Dot Warner from the Animaniacs. She does a ton of impersonations. She, you can hear her improv uh, background really heavily in that Dot Warner character. Um, I think it is where she, her real com- uh, comedic genius uh, shines is in that role. They get she gets a lot of free reign and stuff like that. And you see how talented she can sing because she sings a lot in that role, and she does too as Babs. Uh, but Babs was her real breakthrough in animation. That's when like people realized, oh, we've got a star on our hands. We've got a uh, real talent uh, and voice acting. Uh, also, in that time period, she got her start on another show that we just mentioned. Uh, she was on Simpsons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so a lot of there were uh, a lot of the best voice actors in, that have ever done this. I think she's my only real Simpsons Simpsons character, but uh, she does Agnes. Skinner, she does Brandine Spuckler, uh, she's Lindsay Nagel, like, there's, like, these are all, all three of these roles are completely different, like, they don't sound anything alike, let's show, just to show you her range, she's also a crazy cat lady, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, she's mom on Futurama, she was Gadget on Rescue Rangers, uh, and she has been the voice of Daisy Duck for 21 years now, uh, it's funny, so the, the voice of Daisy Duck is crazy cat lady like (laughs) and she's also dot warner and dot warner is also Lindsay nagel like is her range is insane she is a comedic genius her impersonation skills are top notch i'm not even gonna bother to to do any of her roles the only the only thing i can do is the dot warner she goes and i'm cute that's (laughs) so like like i said she can sing she writes she is uh a huge contributor in everything that she does she's idolized by the entire voice acting community, male or female, doesn't matter. Like she is just, uh, she's a goddess amongst the industry. So like she, uh, and from what I understand they're, um, bringing back Animaniacs. It was supposed to come out for Hulu. I'm guessing it's going to move to HBO Max. HBO Max. I wonder if it's going to be for adults. I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think from what I understand what Rob Paulson was talking about, who is the voice of Yakko Warner, um, it was saying that it's very much targeted. And I think they finally officially announced that the original voice actors are coming back too, because that is what made that show so good is that it's all real voice actors. And if they would have brought back stunt stunt actors to that show, I don't think it would have resonated because like Milo watches Animaniacs now and loves it. And he loves Dot Warner. Like that's one of his, that's probably his favorite character. So, um, but yeah, so uh, she, she is coming back to reprise her, her role as Dot Warner in that show. So that's exciting. I think Maurice LaMarche is back and as the brain and Jess Harnell as uh, Wacko and Rob Paulson as Pinky and all that. So just a ton of great characters. So my number two is Tress McNeil. And my favorite role of hers is Dot Warner. Okay. Uh, my number two is Billy West. Okay, thank you. I didn't put him on my list, and I wanted to so badly, but I knew you were going to put him on there. Okay. So that's why I didn't. Why did you know that? Because I just, I I know who your favorites are, I think. I I said, I know there were two two or three guys, I think, that you're, I think I know you're number one, too. We'll get there. I want to guess it when we get there. Okay, yeah, Uh, I'll let you guess it. When we get to know Yeah, when we get there. But yeah, I knew you were going to put Billy West on there. I said, because I was going to put him on my list, Mm because he's so good. And but I was like no because Blake's gonna put him high on his list. I said no, nah, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Blake handle Billy West. Okay, well uh, he started out in radio, which yes. I, didn't, I didn't know that. Howard Stern. Well, there's, a of, there's a lot of things that I don't know. Uh, my first, his first major role 
was Doug and Ren as well from uh, Ren and Stimpy. Or not Ren, but um, Stimpy. Stimpy. Yeah. He eventually did do Ren. He yeah. replaced John Kay when they got rid of him. Mm-hmm. Another problematic no, figure. Yeah, yeah. But, um, so, yeah, but Doug, Doug meant more to me than Ren and Stimpy. He's also Roger on Doug. Yes. He's the bad guy? Uh, the I was more of a Doug kid. I loved Doug. I loved Doug. Wasn't too big on Ren and Stimpy. I loved Ren and Stimpy. Yeah, See, it was gross. I don't know how I, I. Like I said, I wanted Billy West on my list, but I knew that you were going to give him the love. So well, I was like, my um, his roles in Futurama, those yes. are the big ones for me. He's the the three. Be- oh, well, I want to say three best because John DiMaggio is in there. His Fry, which is he's the main character, is mm-hmm. is just Billy West. It's just him, just a little bit higher. Yeah, um, but he's also uh, Farnsworth, and then his best role on there. Zoidberg? Zoidberg. Dr. Zoidberg. Oh, God. The, to hear him talk about how he created that voice, mm-hmm. how he took these two old vaudevillian actors and mixed them together, and he just pulls his cheeks and talks like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I thought Billy West was in the room for a second. Uh, uh, yeah, Zoidberg. Uh, uh, spoiler, Zoidberg is my favorite voice that he does. Mm-hmm. That's my absolute favorite voice that he does. Uh, his... My favorite voice from Billy West is probably is probably Fry. Yeah, even you though, are Fry. Yeah, even though Farnsworth and Zoeyberg are hilarious, and I think Farnsworth might be my favorite character. Yeah, he's so funny as Farnsworth. He is. He's funny. Well, is it because he, you know people like you said he got started on radio, but he got started on Howard Stern show. Mm-hmm. So comedy is where he got started. He also did Popeye. Like he did uh, Popeye for a yep, long time. He did. And he, What's some other big ones that he did uh, uh, that are just iconic. Uh, I say I know he's also on Disenchantment because to me Doug is iconic to me. Yeah, it is iconic. Uh, the, the big ones are like Futurama. Of course, you're going to ask me now. Any other time, I can yeah, 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 give yeah, you yeah, a, no, it's on the spot. List. Yeah. So same thing with The Simpsons. Yeah, yeah on the spot. But, can't be putting each other on the spot. We do love these shows. Isn't he the other half a cat dog? No. Who's dog? Tom Kenny. Yeah, it's Tom Kenny. Is it? Mm-hmm. Okay, so. Uh, I'm trying to remember what else Billy West did, though. Uh, my head, I feel bad because we are just talking about how much we love him. But it's a brain fart, man, when you get put on the, st- yeah. the spot. All all you need to know is Billy West. Oh, the Ren and Stampy, we said that. Yeah, Ren and Stampy. Billy West is phenomenal. He's he's so funny. His, His voice makes, like, if I, I feel like it would make my head hurt. Yeah, I, and I, I want to tell you this, too. Like, with him, out of all the voice actors, like, he, to me, is modern Mel Blanc. Like mm-hmm. he creates so many individualistic voices that are insane. Like uh, I just, he's so talented. He's so funny, and he is okay. So he, I know he struggled with. I think pills. He had uh, went through a, a stage of his life where he had some internal demons mm-hmm. he had to fight. And if you ever get a chance to look up interviews with Billy West, please do it. And the guy is so brilliant at what he does, um, and he is a very insightful human being. And like he just. I just I love Billy West. And, uh, Rob Paulson talks to him on Talking Tunes, right? Yeah, he does. And that's pretty good. Uh, and he's also a big part of that documentary. Uh, I know that voice. And but yeah, his interview with Rob Paulson on Talking Tunes is my favorite episode on that podcast. It's so good. And like to hear him break down how he learned how to do Popeye. Mm-hmm. He said he uh, studied the Mongols. That oh uh, yeah, yeah yeah that was that one yeah. yeah and he and he does two pitches at the same time. That's so incredibly hard to do to do that Popeye because most people just do that. Just the, mm-hmm. but he mixes these two guttural voices together and it's just guttural. so guttural. But Billy West is your Billy West is my number two and your favorite voice of his is... favorite voice is. 
it's a toss up between Doug and Fry, but they're basically the same. Right. It's just Fry's just yeah. an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so that was your. That was my number two. Okay, and I've done my number two. So. All right, so uh, now it's our honorable mentions. Almost made it. Um, oh this God. list, because I only wanted to put two, was just as hard. Yeah, because I had the same thing. I, I, I normally have a rule of two, but this time I did a three because did three. I just couldn't narrow it down. And I still left some people off. But um, you want me to go ahead and tell you what I got? Go ahead. All right. So uh, one of my honorable mentions is is Tara Strong, the voice okay. actress. She's done a ton of stuff. It's like She done, uh, did uh, Bubbles from Powerpuff Girls. She's Timmy on Fairly Odd Parents. She's Twilight Sparkle from My Little Pony. Uh, and my favorite voice she does is Raven from Teen Titans Go. Like She has a ton of range, and she's really super funny in real life, too. And she does a lot of really uh, 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 philanthropic work outside of voice acting, and uh, she does singing and stuff. She's just super talented. Uh, my, one of my other ones is Mar- Maurice LaMarche. Uh, who did e- Egon and Ghostbusters? He's Kiff from Futurama. He's the king on uh, Disenchantment. No, he's not. Yeah, he does. No, no, he's not. He does. What's the name of the character he does on Disenchantment? He's the uh, the magician guy. I can't remember his name. I'm bad at that. Anyway, my favorite voice is is <laughs> is the Brain Animaniacs, which is a combination of Vincent Price and um, Orson Welles, and it's just I love. Or- he's another. He was a guy. He was a stand up comedian before he got started. Um, and then my other one is just because of nostalgia and because of my whole left arm. My other one is Peter Cullen. Uh, Peter Cullen is uh, the voice of Eeyore. He did that the famous the Predator movie. He's the mm-hmm. he created that whole like Predator sound. And my favorite is Autobots. Autobots. Transform yeah. and roll out. It's Optimus Prime. It, it just he is Optimus Prime. Over. He still does the voice. He still for the live well, action for the live action. He's uh s- since then uh, guys have duplicated his voice for the cartoons. All he's the getting, new ones. He's getting pretty old, ain't he? Uh, he's older, but he still acts. Oh, okay. He just doesn't do Optimus Prime unless it's something big now. So, uh, he did Optimus Prime in Bumblebee, uh, the the very beginning of that movie. And imagine if they do an Optimus movie. He's still young enough to where he can still do these roles. He's not did like he do, he's not Alan Oppenheimer old. Did he do um? Uh, the gorilla and Beast Wars. Um, I think so. Okay. Uh, uh, Optimus Primal. That's it. I was trying to. I know it's Prime, Primal, Primus. Yeah, which is. So, but yeah. Are they doing a live action Beast Wars? Yes, that's the rumor. Okay. They got two more Transformer movies coming. One of them is Beast Wars, and the other one is another like similar to Bumblebee. I think it's going to be an Optimus Prime film. I think. All right. You ready for honorable mentions? I am. Well, I'm just going to give it right to you. Uh, it's Nancy Cartwright. Uh, Simpsons. Uh, Bart. Bart Simpson. And Julie Kapner. Uh, what does she do? Oh, she's Marge. Marge. Yeah, so it's just <laughs> Simpsons. Uh, you, you had to get almost all of them. Uh, yeah. You just missed Hank Azaria and Harry Shearer. Right? Yeah. So, uh, Which, like I said, it's hard. It's hard. You could do it literally. Because Skinner is one of my favorite characters. Yeah. So <laughs> that's why I told her. I said you could literally make a list for you to just be all... Simpsons characters, but to be fair, you. Let's be fair. To be fair. To uh, be fair, Bart is who I wanted to be as a kid. She's also, you know, side note, Nancy Cartwright, huge Scientologist. I, I don't talk about that. <laughs> uh, another side note, um, 
there's this thing called, and excuse my language if kids are listening, there's this thing called uh, Simpson shit posting. Uh, I got really huge into that a couple of years ago, and Nancy Cartwright liked a few of mine on my Instagram. There you so, go. It's mm, no big deal. Uh, just so you know, because uh, Steph had the same thing with her stories with Nancy Cartwright, Nancy Cartwright's Instagram has a bot running, and it automatically watches and likes things. Shit. <laughs> yeah, she found that out the other day. It was heartbroken, because it had two of these things, that uh, uh, stories or whatever, or something like that she liked and reviewed by, apparently, like, Nancy does sometimes do it, but she has, I assume she was, mm, sorry, I assume she wasn't running her own Instagram. <laughs> it was like know, random, well, you figure some, I took it. <laughs> yeah, still counts. It still counts. Still counts. Whoever, Better than anything whoever's I Whoever's running it, or what bot is running it, like, that's good enough for me. It's, Better than anything, any story I got. Now, David Yost, he runs his own Instagram. And he did like one of your things. And commented. David Yost is the original Blue Ranger, Billy, Billy. Cranston. Mm-hmm. So That's my favorite uh, Power Ranger. So yeah, those are my honorable mentions. So uh, so without further ado, I think we're on to our numero uno, mm-hmm. our number one. So I'll go. My number one is one that you've already listed. Um, it is Jim Cummings. Jim Cummings okay. is my number one. He's always been my number one. He, The most iconic voices that I loved as a child were all Jim Cummings. Uh, he, uh, to, uh, to steal my thunder from earlier, his first role was Lionel Lion. <laughs> so uh, you, you said that earlier. But he, uh, um, what I was talking about earlier, the live, uh, Lionel Lion, now that I remember it, he's from the live action Dumbo Circus. Mm-hmm. So that, that show I was telling you I used to watch earlier, which is creepy, but that's when he got uh, offered to do that. Before that, he was like, he worked as a musician on a riverboat in Louisiana and New Orleans. Uh, he did a lot of singing and rock bands and stuff like that before he ever got into it. Vo- and then somebody on the riverboat, because he could do all these funny voices, told Jim Cummings, you need to go out to Hollywood and do voices. Because he's like, he's like, so you went out there. He said, because they told me, because I could do funny voices, I want to go out there and do that. So he got there, he gets uh, Lionel Lion, he does a a few other little small bit roles. And then in 1988, he gets Winnie the Pooh. And then it's just game over. He's been Winnie the Pooh since 1988. That's what, 32 years he's been Winnie the Pooh now. Um, He was Tigger off and on while Pete Winchell dealt with illness. And in 2000, he officially got. Uh, Pete gave it to him, like passed it officially on to him, from what I understand. And um, they said this kid is is Tigger, so he's Tigger now since 2000. Uh, he's Pete the Cat from Goo Troop and every other like he's on um, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, uh, uh, which might be his best role. It's not my favorite, but it is probably his best role. He's Taz in Tasmania. Uh, he's Ray uh, Raymond the Lightning Bug in Princess and the Frog. Uh, He's done tons of Disney's uh, Disney work, and the cool thing about to be know about him too is he was used a lot as a fill-in singer. So on "Be Prepared," uh, the uh, Jeremy Irons couldn't sing a lot of "Be Prepared," and so they brought in Jim Cummings to sing "Be Prepared" for The Lion King. I did not know that. Yeah, so when you go listen to it, go back and listen to it today. You'll hear it and you go, "That's Jim Cummings." Mm-hmm. That's, that's yeah. Wayne or the Pooh. Like the the talking parts, I think are like the. The the sing talking mm-hmm. stuff I think is Hank Azaria, but the the very the uh, no it sounds so that that big part I think that's all you can tell when it's him. He's also uh the because so in Anastasia, uh, Christopher Lloyd is the voice of Rasputin the bad guy, but the song that he sings is sung by Jim Cummings because he's a singer, so he gets brought in to sing a lot of these roles for these guys. Um, 
He uh, is Lord Boxman on OKAKO. He's Robotnik. We talked about that earlier. Um, his one of his really profound roles is when he did Winnie the Pooh and Tigger for Christopher Robin, the live action Winnie the Pooh movie, which I highly recommend. It is really good. It is so much so that uh, one of the writers for Hollywood Reporter and I think Pete Travers for Rolling Stone recommended him to be nominated for an Oscar for that role for best actor or best supporting actor. And unfortunately the Oscars still aren't there yet for voiceover roles in films. Unfortunately, even though it takes a lot of talent to do what some of these guys do, uh, just like the same thing with motion capture, like when they didn't nominate Andy Serkis as Smeagol, mm-hmm. uh, which he should have been. They'll get there eventually. I mean, they don't even nominate stuntmen, which, you know, without stuntmen, we don't have movies in general. So Oscars needs some refreshing. But my favorite role. Can you guess my favorite role, Jim Cummings? Yes, I can. What it's is it? Cat from Cat Dog. <laughs> it's Darkwing Duck. Yeah. So. Uh, I love Darkwing Duck. I have a Darkwing Duck sticker on my vehicle. I have all the pops. I have the comic books. I love Darkwing Duck. Um, and I know he uh, recently came back in season two of DuckTales with Jim Cummings uh, reprising the role of Darkwing Duck. He's the only original voice actor they brought back for that show for the original characters to do uh, his character. And it's because it's so iconic. Like I said, Pete the cat is probably his most iconic character. I think it's the one that he has shows the most talent, but I love Darkwing. I love Drake Mallard. I, I didn't know Pete was a cat. Most people don't. I, and the only thing I know from Pete, the cat is the book, Pete, the cat that's for kids. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Pete's a big dog looking cat. He, uh, I never knew what any of those characters were. You know, it's kind of funny. Yeah. Like on goof troop. So on goof troop, his wife, Peg, which, basically just a human with a dog nose mm-hmm. um and uh i guess pistol the daughter is a dog but pj is a cat like his dad it's very confusing <laughs> yeah uh, but yeah i didn't know he was a cat until several years ago we looked it up on when uh milo was watching uh mickey mouse clubhouse when he was little and i was like it, it makes sense when you go back and look at it because he was the main antagonist uh all throughout the mickey shorts with mickey the mouse what hates mice cats now so what is goofy goofy's a dog because i thought he was a cow well he, no he's a dog because uh before he was goofy he was dippy dog oh okay and then he changed the name to goofy so he's a dog clarabelle is a cow okay so he, he's a dog that has a dog yes okay he has a dog in that show and mickey is a mouse mouse who has a dog in pluto no yeah yeah that's okay yeah mickey has pluto Sorry. no but he does have a dog in goof troop no he has a cat he has a cat uh and pete has a dog yeah, so yeah, I knew those, I knew Pluto was in the Mickey Mouse cinematic universe. Um, yeah. <laughs> just uh, that's a whole forgot com- who had it. That's a whole confusing thing how they make one a true dog and the other one that's stands up and wears pants. So. There's fire and SpongeBob. So yeah, it's true. It's whatever cartoon. <laughs> Three hours later. All right. All um, right. Your number one is. Can I say it? Go ahead. It's Tom Kenny. It's Tom Kenny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew from the moment. That's why I didn't put him on my list because I oh, okay. knew he was your number one because of all the roles that he's done or some of your are your favorite mm-hmm. cartoons uh, outside of Simpsons. I'll go ahead and name them. Um, well, first of all, we'll talk about his early career in Mr. Shaw. Oh yeah, he was a stand-up comedian yeah. before he did anything. He never had any intention to do voice acting. Oh, uh, you like Mr. Shaw, right? I love Mr. Shaw. I love Mr. Shaw. That's uh, David Cross, Bob Odenkirk. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it's just. The driest comedians ever making a TV show 20 years too early. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's so good. And Tom Kenny, Tom Kenny, like I said, he is got to start in stand up comedy and out in LA. And uh, 
uh, with all these other guys, and uh, that's where he got his breakthrough, and then he became a voice actor. Uh, well, he became Patchy the Pirate in SpongeBob. Uh, uh, my favorite roles for him are SpongeBob. SpongeBob. Uh, but he's Ice King in yes. Adventure Time. Uh, he is Dog. Yep. And uh, Sumo from Clarence. Okay. Which he has many, 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 many more. Oh, Those yeah. are just my four favorites. Oh, my favorite is Ice King. Ice uh, King. Ice King is hilarious. I feel like SpongeBob is the obvious choice. Yeah. It's too obvious. And I love SpongeBob. Ah, yeah. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> so he's the easy one to go to. But Ice King, I think, is his most inventive role because you get to see a serious side of him. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, uh, especially in the later seasons with that character, um, he. Uh, yeah, I love Tom Kenny. He's another guy that could easily have made my... I almost put him in my honorable mentions. But I was like, nope. I know that's He's number one or two. I literally knew you're one and two. It was going to be Billy West and Tom Kenny because I knew you were going to make a point not to put a Simpsons person number one mm-hmm. <laughs> on purpose. Well, I don't think they would have made it either, even yeah. though the versatility. Simpsons was a big part of my childhood and now... Most of them only do Simpsons. Yeah. Especially like Hank Azaria, who's mm-hmm. a real actor, and he just does the Simpsons. Well, it's, you know, and it's neat now watching a new cartoon. Like, Dang, that's uh, that's my boy. That's Tom Kenny. That's Tom Kenny. Um, but uh, SpongeBob, uh, I grew up with it. Oh. I remember exactly where I was when the first episode aired. I was in Tennessee, and we were on a, just a little trip to Pigeon Forge. That's Tennessee, right? Pigeon Forge. Yeah, that's Tennessee. Yeah, it's right next to Gatlinburg. Yeah, um, I remember that was the only place that had uh, Krispy Kreme donuts because we never went to Greenville. We're not talking talking about Krispy Kreme again. Mm. Uh, But anyway, so uh, my mom wanted to go out and like go to the shops or whatever, and I said, "Look, I got to stay back at the hotel. There's a show coming on tonight. I have to watch it." So. And it was SpongeBob. It was SpongeBob. Yeah, SpongeBob changed a lot of. SpongeBob saved Nickelodeon because Nickelodeon was in this weird, awkward stage where they didn't have any original content that was blowing people away anymore. The whole mid to early '90s wave was done. Uh, like you know, they were on their secondary care, uh, th- like the third wave of Nickelodeon shows that just weren't they weren't sticking the way some like Kablam and all this stuff. They were okay, but they weren't sticking the way that like the earliest shows did mm-hmm. and spongebob saved nickelodeon i mean it's really the only thing outside of fairly odd parents and power rangers that's still even on there so it's still on and it's it's not like like most shows that go on for 30 years or you know 20 years for spongebob it's not as good you know but it's still watchable a lot of it had to do when steve hillenberg mm-hmm. left the show and then unfortunately steve hillenberg passed away a few years ago but when he, he left when he, he left didn't the want show, any of this either no no spinoffs no Okay, so we'll talk about the movies, too, while we're at it. Because the first movie is so good. Mm-hmm. I mean, it brought us the awareness of the song of Ocean Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it made us like David Hasselhoff. Uh, yeah, don't hassle the Hoff. <laughs> the movie's so good. Uh, SpongeBob, was it Sponge Out of Water? Not so much. Um, um, it's watchable. It, that's about it. I, I, You know, I could say a lot of stuff's watchable. Um but it's not the first movie, yeah. and it's not the first four or five seasons of SpongeBob either. Exactly, and uh, then you have uh, the new one that comes out this year. Is it just what's it called? Just SpongeBob? It's not called SpongeBob. Something movie. about Gary. Yeah, but it Gary's looks really, it's like a lost prequel. again. Yeah, it's a prequel. You know, that was an episode, but okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm still gonna see it. Oh yeah, and it, the, the animation looks it's great. It's a different style of animation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it and the show is still running. It doesn't run like a new season every year. It kind of spits them out every now and then. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I think. 
um, because Netflix acquired Nickelodeon's rights, so we're going to get a Squidward spinoff, which Steven Hillenburg never wanted to happen. And unfortunately, when big business gets a hold of something, they want to squeeze every penny out of it, even if that means you know bastardizing it long after the creator has passed away. So it's unfortunate, but I'm hoping it's good. I'll watch it. I'll give anything a try at this point. You know, my my son still loves SpongeBob, so so does mine. They they were literally watching the other day. Mm-hmm. I'm and I'm into it. And Tom Kenny's my number one. So uh, let's talk shot? about um because we didn't really talk about it much earlier with Jim Cummings, but let's talk about Cat Dog and why is it hated as much as it is. I don't. I think a lot of people like it. I just think because you and I talk about you know I'm the only person you talk about cartoons with, and I don't like well, it. Well, you know, there's a certain two guys that we listen to that don't like it either. That's true. They don't like it either. I uh, I don't know that I hate it. Mm-hmm. I just think by the time it had come on, I because that was like same. Hey Arnold was around the same yeah. time, right? I'd kind of just gotten out of cartoons for a while, like especially Nickelodeon cartoons. I think I kind of got away from Nick cartoons because I'd moved on to Cartoon Network at that point. And so outside of SpongeBob, I really didn't watch in the early Fairly Odd Parents. I didn't watch anything on that channel anymore, and uh, it just it just wasn't wasn't for me. I don't think it's bad. I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with it. It just didn't resonate with me. I think my sister liked it a little bit, but uh, it's just like Hey Arnold. I, I, if I went back and watched Hey Arnold now, I think I'd probably like it because Hey Arnold is still good today, even as an adult. It's probably better now, story wise, than mm. it would have been then. It probably means more now, but. Um, I just, like I said, I, I, I just had grown out of those types of cartoons at that point, and I'd moved on to, like, anime and late-night cartoons and just, like, the stuff that was on Cartoon Cartoon Friday was, even though it was aimed at kids, it wasn't, a, they weren't get cartoons. Yeah. Like, Courage and Dexter, they had a lot of a more older humor. So, I think that was my thing. I don't, I don't think I hate it. Uh, I just, um, I do say, I will say this, I don't know that I would go back and watch, give Cat Dog a second chance. I'm just not interested. Yeah, I bought the the series. (laughs) Um, I did buy Angry Beavers. I think I got that one too, and Rocco, but I think out of those three, Cat Dog. I know you love Cat Dog. Cat Dog is my favorite. And that's okay, there ain't nothing wrong with liking Cat Dog, that's just not for me. Angry Beavers too, which, you know, neither one of us mentioned. um, What's his name? uh, Alpha 5? Yeah, Alpha 5. Daggett. Daggett. Yeah, Yeah, Daggett. Which I can't which that's just his voice. He's yeah, just yelling, he's also Invader Zim. Yeah, um, he's really good. He's really loud. Yeah, he's one of like a hundred people you could list if you really liked him. Um, but he just that's just his voice. He's mm-hmm. also Billy on Billy and Mandy. What is his voice? What is his name? I can't remember his name. Can't he has a weird that. last name. Yeah. But anyway, so to recap, my top five are Mel Blank, Mel Blanc, Mel Mel Melathan, and number five, Steve Bloom, number four. John DiMaggio, number three, Tress McNeil, number two, and Jim Cummings, number one. All right. Uh, my five were Jim Cummings at number five, uh, Cree Summers at four, Dan Castellaneta at number three, uh, Billy West at number two, and number one is SpongeBob. I mean, uh, uh, dog. Uh, uh, Tom, let's see. Kenny. Tom Kenny. Tom Kenny. <laughs> Hey. All right, so uh, now it's time for a segment we call. It's the weekly recommendations, baby. All right, this is a segment where we give you our weekly recommendations, whether it be TV, film, comic books, radio, food, uh, socks, um, whatever pants you wear. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, I mean, I'll probably never give that as a recommendation. I don't, yeah, well, could be. I, I mean, I own like three pair of pants, so. Well, I, I own a lot. I just don't fit into them. 
Uh, well, yeah, same here. I own like 10 pairs of pants. I can wear two of them. Yeah, so that's so, just why I wear the same one pair. Fat boy problems. Yeah. So, um, okay, so I guess I'll go first. My weekly recommendation is a comic book. Uh, it is released by Image. It is called Die, D-I-E, and that refers to as in dice, like gaming dice. Um, uh, not as in like, well, I guess it could be, a, if you read it, it's a double a double meaning, but uh, without giving too much away, um, there are two full volumes out of it. They do sell them individual week to week. I'm not sure exactly what issue they're on, like maybe 14 or 15. Um, but uh, it's an ongoing series, still going. Like I said, two volume, the second volume just came out in trade. Uh, it is about... Uh, a group of friends who are into tabletop gaming. Um, one of the friends creates this magical game where they get teleported into this world of a game called Die. And um, they all have, uh, like, one has, like, the four-sided die, one has eight, six, 12, and uh, the kid that creates is t- gets 20. Um, they get teleported, and the kids go missing in the real world for several years. And when they come back two years, I think it's two years later, they're like one of them is missing the kid that created the game one the kids is missing an arm and it's just and then it flashed the very first issue fast forward to them being adults and then they have to go back into the game and they don't uh because they get sucked back into it and it's very violent it's not for kids um but it's about them inside this basically fantasy dungeons and dragons type role-playing game and they're trying to get out back to the real world because they got brought back in by a character that you meet at the very beginning so it is really dark. The illustrations are paintings. Like, they are gorgeous. That's the big reason why I purchased them, because they just look so good. Um, you can probably find them at your local library. Uh, like I say, with every episode, support your local library. They have so many uh, resources you can use, from video games to movies to books, comic books, newspapers, magazines. It's just a go do it man and uh download the hoopla app use your library card on there you can listen to audiobooks ebooks comic books digitally all on your phone and tablets as well all right uh my weekly recommendation is an old show and um so if you like billy west or john dimaggio it's very appropriate for this week's very appropriate uh futurama which I'm sure a lot of you have watched, but if not, it is all on Hulu, and it is all good. It is all good. There's no bad season. Yeah, there's some average seasons. They have those middle comedy central seasons, but the first four seasons are some of the best animation t- animated TV you will ever watch. Uh, you don't have Rick and Morty without Futurama. You, um, you don't have Star Trek without Futurama. Huh? Wait. What? You don't have Futurama. What? Uh-uh. Futurama came first. Oh. Do you remember when Fry, you know, only had to fast forward time machine so uh-huh. he could only go forward? He went all the way back past when Star Trek came on TV. So Futurama came first. <laughs> you know, Futurama didn't didn't it didn't really happen. Well, if it didn't really happen, then how did I see it? Anyway, so Futurama, which I I I also would highly recommend that too. It is, if you like Simpsons and you like Star Trek, yeah. Hey, and if you just like well... If you like laughing. Yeah, and you like well-written television and well-acted and well-drawn animated television, uh, then definitely watch it. I'd say it's PG-13. I mean, um, there's... There's, like, Atlas will casually watch with me every now and then. He does not get the jokes. 
Milo will get some. Anytime Bender says "bite my shiny metal ass," Milo mm. will laugh because it's funny. That's easy to get. But there are some uh, more grown-up sexual jokes that are way above kids' heads, mm-hmm. especially with uh, Zap Brannigan. I think I think I posted on Facebook. Where Zap Brannigan also Billy, Billy West. West. Yep. Um, what was it? That episode I watched. It was about the. They're little tallywhackers. The human horn. Uh, That's the episode that Atlas uh, watched with me. I'm like, okay, this is the one. This is the one. <laughs> the, also, side note about Zap Brannigan. Did you know that that role was written for Phil Hartman? Uh, Phil Hart, uh, That role was written specifically for Phil Hartman. And unfortunately, uh, during the making of the show, Phil Hartman was tragically murdered and uh, was uh, unfortunately taken away from a lot of us. Another great actor voice actor just all around he would have been perfect yeah and so much so that um he uh billy west modeled i mean it's still billy west yeah but he modeled what uh basically what he did as um what's the simpsons character he does troy mcclure yeah troy mcclure like basically it's troy mcclure so that's why he was trying to do it in honor of phil hartman dude that's so weird because i think watching futurama i did think that was him yeah. At a young, you know, like when it first came out. Right. And he did it in honor of Phil Hartman. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was kind of a last minute replacement, obviously. But uh, yeah, I mean, Billy West is Futurama. <laughs> really? He is. It's Billy West and John DeMatt and Phil Lamar is another. He uh, plays Hermes. And Peggy. Uh, oh, yeah. And she's, yeah, it's Leela. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, for the most part, it's like Bender is a big part of it. But uh, Billy West does four of the major roles of that show. So, um, Maurice Lamarche does Robot Devil. But, mm-hmm. uh, uh, anywho, so yeah, weekly recommendation for you is Futurama. Futurama. Mine is the comic book, Die. And, uh, Simply Orange, Orange Juice. Yes. It's, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. All right. So, uh, thanks everyone for listening to this week's episode of Objectively Subjective. Once again, I am Blake Allen, and you can find me on Instagram at Blake underscore all underscore in or. If you like the artwork for this podcast, it was hand-drawn by me, and you can follow me on Blake Allen Art. That's also on Instagram. And by my side is... I'm Paul Jansen. You can find me on Instagram at my underscore dad underscore life. I am not talented at all at art, but I do have a a side podcast I do with my son that's only on YouTube. It's called The Daddy and Boogie Show. You can feel free to look that up on YouTube, and if if you have... It's kid-friendly, and it's mainly just for kids. It's goofy. Um, and you can find our podcast uh, on Twitter at Objective Sub, or you can just look up Objectively Subjective uh, uh, on Twitter and find it. And you can also find us on Facebook just by searching Objectively Subjective. I think it's at Objectively Subjective Podcast if you're into typing all that noise. Um, please uh, like and uh please go on if you're on an apple user please go on apple give us five stars it helps the algorithm so that we can spread our uh rabble out to people so they can hear us uh more and it it increases our chances of new people finding us man like once again if you enjoy everything you hear here please let us know man we love feedback we do get back with you if you message us if you have any suggestions on what to do for the fan picks and for polls, please always post them anytime you want on our wall on Objectively Subjective on Facebook. And um, most importantly, just keep downloading and keep listening. And you want to come back for next week's episode, which should be, I think next week's episode is the... Next week's episode is uh fan pick, so it's going to be top five Nintendo characters. Yep. 
as voted on by the people. That's what the people wanted. All right. So I think that's... I think that's the show. All right. Thanks again, guys. Bye!